0: This is Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. The show will start in 3, 2, 1.
1: Welcome everybody to Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. I'm Joseph. And I'm Gabriel. How are you doing today, Gabe? Horrible. Horrible. Well, no, that's, that's... No, really I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited. To
2: hear. Oh, man. I thought we had a good week. But... Good times. This <laughs> week was hot. 115, well, 110.
1: Oh, jeez. I'm telling you, man. Working outside all day just like you, and it's mm-hmm. just
2: sweating your butt off. Yep. My skin felt like barbecue.
1: O-M-G. <laughs> Bet it didn't smell like it. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> the week's about to get better. Yes, it is. Because... We are doing a giveaway.
3: Giveaway.
1: I don't know what those are. I think it's the air horns or something. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, no. I heard you do that when things meow. I'm not talking about the Chinese dictator. Bow, bow, bow. I'm not talking about the <laughs> Communists. No, we're not doing that. No. Uh, we are giving away stickers. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves stickers. Don't you love stickers, Gab? I love stickers. I have a water bottle full of stickers. Yep. I slap them on a pancake. Stickers everywhere I go. I don't care what they are. Pancake. <laughs> banana put a sticker on it you got a a car top carrier full of stickers i have i do have a car top carrier full of stickers Mm -hmm. to the first what do you think 25 50 100 uh, people i would say 100 okay 100 people you heard it first here gabe said "One the first 100 people Mm -hmm. that like subscribe and leave five star review on itunes 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 I don't care about YouTube's. I don't care about their tunes. I care about iTunes. <laughs> now Spotify, all that other stuff. Sorry, we're not going to give we're not going to give away a sticker on that because iTunes is like the creme de la creme mm-hmm. with the podcast thing. They just love the five star reviews on iTunes. They that just pushes you up, pushes yeah. you up on the top of the charts. We're trying to get up there, so it doesn't matter what you say. You can say, I love Jeepers. You can say cheese and crackers. (laughs) It really doesn't matter what you say. We just need a five-star review. Mm -hmm. And then next, screenshot your review. Email us a screenshot at info at with your mailing address. You don't have to send your name. Just send your mailing address. It doesn't matter. Once we get the email, we'll send you a sticker. Does that sound like a deal, Gabe? Sure does. The sticker sure it's does. from what you've told me, it's uh vinyl. It is a vinyl sticker. So it is a waterproof sticker. Waterproof, you can slap
2: it anywhere. Slap it. I told you, slap it on a pancake. Yeah, and the sticker is of our uh logo on like on the podcast thing, the little logo that it shows.
1: And it also has a little watermark of spotify and itunes because those are like the top two places to find podcasts hmm. slap them anywhere you want if you want two or three of them you could also shoot us an email if you maybe send some other people our way and kind of prove it maybe we'll send you two maybe we'll send you three maybe we'll send you five yeah, I don't know. that sounds good to me moving on there's more <laughs> we would like to let everyone know about a powwow in our local area we'll be attending this event it's free to the public, and Gabe has all the info. I do not. No,
2: actually, I do. Well, it's no. All right, never mind. It's uh, hosted by the Tahone natives here in our local area. It is honoring our ancestors' powwow on September 24th and the 25th. Uh, starting on the 24th, it'll be open at 11 a.m., closing at 10 p.m. And on the 25th, it'll be opening at 11 a.m. and closing at 6 p.m. There's going to be dancers, singing, drums, food. It's going to be a great time. There's I've a- never been to a powwow, so I'm very excited for this, to be out there experiencing the culture and supporting the local natives. It's going to be super fun.
1: And they also are going to have it says like local vendors, so hopefully they have some necklaces, some jewelry, maybe some shirts, some clothing, something like that. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Grab some of that stuff. Grab some swag. Oh, yeah. Represent your Native side, or just represent um, Native culture.
2: So yeah, if you're wanting to go to to this, go support it. It's going to be, like I said, on September 24th and the 25th. The address is 4941 David Road, Bakersfield, California. We're going to be out there. We hope to see you guys out there. It's going to be a good
1: time. You do not have to be Native to attend. Everyone is welcome. Come on down, celebrate the Native culture. Just experience something you've never experienced before. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're very excited Mm -hmm. to attend this event. Get the word of mouth out there. If you guys know someone that lives in our local area, shoot us an email or, hey, just let them know. We will put all the info for this event in our show notes. So go ahead and look down on the show notes. If you don't understand what the show notes are, they are the little words that are under the podcast. So Mm -hmm. the episode, click on it. You'll see a little bio or a little... A little bit of information about the podcast. Look Mm -hmm. in there. You'll see a bunch of special things. We'll also post our Instagram name, all the stuff about the giveaway, and our email address. You can contact us at. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and all the good stuff on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Those are the only places we are on currently. We're going to try to get the podcast out on all the other platforms. But as of right now, it is only those three. And also Instagram. We are working on a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. However, we had issues with our first page, so bear with us. Again, we are new. Come on, Zuckerberg. He's yeah, messing like, up our Facebook. Messing red. everything up. <laughs> Once that gets up and running,
2: we'll let everyone know. Yeah. So help move our numbers to the top. Yep. And as yeah, like I said, as of right now, we are only on Instagram at Indigenous Underscore Tales. Like every episode, we'll be posting pictures of you know some uh, resources we used, books or like pictures of what we talked about on there and just interacting with you guys so yeah go ahead and check us out there follow like give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you
1: and we did receive a lot of feedback on the first episode and we love it oh yeah we did a lot of positive feedback a lot of positive some negative guess what we do take constructive criticism you don't like our format shoot us an email let us know if you know who we are Talk to us Mm face-to-face. Let us know. We are not going to hold, like, don't hold anything back. We want this show to be as big as possible and to spread as much awareness of the Native culture as we can. Please send all your emails to info at behillnetwork.com to express your concerns, questions, comments, likes, dislikes, and also your stories. We really want to do a listener story episode for Halloween this year.
2: What do you think? Oh, that would be so cool. Getting the spooky spirit and let like everybody just share their stories with us.
1: It would be so great. It'd mm-hmm. be a lot of fun to hear your indigenous tales. And I know one person that'll be happy if you send your tales. Oh, who is
2: this person? It's Jeepers. Jeepers?
0: Hi, I'm Jeepers. And I love spooky stories because I'm Jeepers.
1: Okay. What does being Jeepers have anything to do with loving stories? Yeah.
0: I don't know, but when it's spooky season and the creepy crawlies are with their pumpkin spice, I love listening to stories because I'm Jeepers.
1: All right, Jeepers. I think you need to get out of here for a minute. Yeah, you're kind of freaking us out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Bye, everyone. I'll see you next time because I'm Jeepers.
1: Hopefully not. That was Jeepers, everybody. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a next time. That was, sorry (laughs) folks, this this guy just came in and started talking. This Jeepers guy. Jeepers.
0: Did somebody say Jeepers? No, get out of here Jeepers. Jeepers. Okay, see you next time because (laughs) I'm Jeepers. Bye.
2: And that was the
1: end of Jeepers. Oh God, this creepy son of a gun. (laughs) Where were we, Gabe? Oh my God. Oh yeah. They can be stories of your family that they pass down Mm -hmm. stories of sightings or encounters with native creatures, or even stories from a friend of a friend. And remember, you don't have to be native to share your stories, but keep in mind, we will only be sharing
2: native stories. Right. So having to do with like lore or a native creature or something that happened to you, um, You don't have to be native, but if it has to pertain with the native culture, that's what we're going to talk about.
1: It could be a story that your great-grandmother had an encounter with uh, a wendigo.
2: No flying spaghetti monsters, please. That does not pertain to us. Don't send those our way. We will
1: not talk about it. But I get it. I love some Pastafarians as much as the next guy. They're pretty good guys. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they believe in international talk like a pirate day. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love it, but we're not going to, we're not going to have stories about them. Sorry, (laughs) folks. So on a more serious note, before we move on to the stories today, we want to keep the Cree people in our hearts. Last week, we covered the Cree people in Canada and the U S and today the Cree people of James Smith Cree nation need our thoughts, prayers, energy, and condolences to get through this tragedy that has happened to them this past week. Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't know, two brothers went on a stabbing spree on September 4th, killing 10 people, nine of which were Cree, and injuring 18 more. The attack seemed to have no motive at all, and the two suspects are now dead. The two men were believed to be involved with drugs, and the Cree chief, Wal Burns, is trying to work with the government officials, the local government, and the, um, I don't know what Canadian is, maybe it's federal government. To make sure something like this never happens again. So please send your thoughts, prayers, energy, your good vibes, anything you believe in. Just your condolences. Just understand that this is a tragedy that's happened. It shouldn't have happened. And please, God, make sure this doesn't happen again. Today's story, we're going over the creepy legend of the the water babies. The water babies. The water babies. I love this legend. It has all the spoops and creeps that may have you second-guessing your next river or lake trip. What mm-hmm. do you think, Gabe?
2: Yeah, I, I, I love going on lakes. I love fishing. This definitely, I wouldn't say made me more hesitant, but I feel like if I do go out on a fishing trip next time and I hear something or see something, I'm going to be like, okay, was that a water baby? When we started looking into
1: this story of the water babies, it was the first time I've heard about it. Right. And it is super creepy. And has a lot of twists and turns. Like Gabe said, next time we go out, we go deep sea fishing all the time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, water babies ain't out in the ocean. Yeah, they ain't like the salt water, so I think we'll be fine. If we I go think out we'll there. be good. And then if I catch one, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I'll, I, I, just, I reel those in and I'm, I'm going to eat them. Water baby filet. I'll there say, hey, uh, Skipper, chop this one up.
2: Oh, I love Skipper. He's a good captain.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Captain Sean. Skipper.
2: Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. He was a little guy. I have a description of the water babies here, classified as a spirit, ghost, ghoul, or monster. Most agree that it is a small childlike creature that lives in the waters of reservations around western United States. These creatures are predominantly on the west coast. That's where people see them, experience them. And here are some of the traits of a water baby. One, a trickster. Some tales claim that the water baby is just a mischievous trickster that spends its time teasing and abusing humans that walk near the waters. That doesn't sound fun. I mean, that sounds spooky to me.
1: I I lived in North Carolina for a long time. Mm -hmm. Bear with me. This was, when I say (laughs) a long time ago, this was in the early 2000s. Way back in 19-odd six. We would go on MapQuest.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh I remember you uh, you had that
1: Tom I had a Tom the Tom GPS. Uh, GPS and what we would do is we would search for bodies of water lakes creeks streams whatever mm-hmm. might have you and we would fish in those areas so we would put the GPS drop the pin I'd get in my truck load all the boys up grab our fishing gear And we would just head out, off-roading, ready to go fishing. So that's kind of creepy now. I didn't know anything about this, so I'm glad it had nothing to do with the East Coast, because I would have been freaked out. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Another trait is of a murderer. Some legends say water babies are murderers that crave the taste of human flesh. They can be avenging their own death and now are just mindless creatures with only one desire. These things just seem to be getting worse and worse the more I read about them. It doesn't seem like it's getting any better. So far, the description that you've given, I don't want to see a water baby.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I kind of do, though. I oh, want—I do not <laughs> want to see. You're, we are completely opposites when it comes to this paranormal Man. stuff. Slap a water baby. I Slap a water baby. You know, drink a fish. That's what I always say. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> now, there have been claims that these creatures have been seen in places like Nevada, California, Idaho, and Utah. For this episode, we're going to focus on Pyramid Lake. So a few tribes shared the story of the water babies,
1: such as the Paiute, the Shoshone, the Washon, and the Yukats. We're going to cover the northern Paiute. Yeah. Let's get into the background of the Paiute. Let's do it. So the Paiute people call themselves Numu, or the people. The Numu are deeply grounded in their environment and believe that. Power, or Pua, is in everything natural. Such things as animals, plants, stones, water, and even the sun, the moon, and thunder. So these people believe that there is power, or if you want to say energy, or spirits, or whatever have you, whatever your belief is, Mm -hmm. they believe that all these things in the natural world hold this kind of energy.
2: So, like a natural energy. That... A
1: natural energy. Okay. Last week, we talked about the Cree people. Mm-hmm. Their name was translated to the people. The people. But their description of the people was the first people. Yeah. The like, people before.
2: Like the original people. The
1: original people before the white people. Right. The Namu, they believe in the power and energy of all the natural things on Earth. Okay. Now, the Northern Paiute people were a nomadic tribe that had traditionally lived in the Great Basin region of the U.S. that is now Eastern California, Western Nevada, and Southeast Oregon. The Northern Paiute's lifestyle was well adapted to the harsh desert environments in which they lived. Each man occupied a specific territory generally centered on a lake, river, stream, or wetland that supplied their diet of fish and waterfowl. Ooh, so when, yeah duck is really good we were in wyoming a couple of years ago and we went to this restaurant and they had roasted duck oh, wings That sounds so good oh my gosh and we're gonna go one day oh let's do it i'm down we will tear those duck wings up because they are amazing
2: so they knew what resources to use as far as like because you're in the desert so they're like okay we got to stick to the, stick to water obviously that's where there's wildlife they can hunt Let's take a quick break.
3: Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
1: And also, it's the desert. Mm -hmm. However, in the winter of the desert, in these areas, it snows. Oh. So you have Oregon. It's Northern California. Okay. It's, a, it's Northern Nevada. It's Utah. You have these areas where it's really cold. So they travel as their food travels. That's mm-hmm. why they're, they're nomadic. Very smart. Now, they also had communal hunts with neighboring bands. So if, if there's a, something they were going after, they would get all the bands together, and they would go and hunt and bring the animal back in. This was also to help the entire Paiute tribe Survive for the winter. They would have to rely on other bands and they would try to find seasonal food. However, when foreigners started moving westward, they had to change their lifestyle in order to survive. Many bands settled near water in order to be closer to their food source. They gathered pinyon or pine nuts, grass seeds, and roots to store for the harsh winters. So these people are predominantly nomadic. Mm So they're moving as their food moves. And now their entire culture has to change because when the people came from the East Coast and were moving westward, they were taking over land and claiming it. And even though that this was their natural land, this was their land, the Paiute, they would put a claim that the East Coast people would come in and they would put a claim. And if you went on their property, they believe they have the right to kill you. So, essentially, Even, they're just stealing their land. So, in order for the bands to survive, they stopped being mobile. And they would settle. So, they settled near water because a lot of their food source has mm-hmm. to do with the water. Right. The people of Pyramid Lake were known as the kuyo i which means trout eaters. The Paiutes have lived successfully in that area for the past 600 years. Wow. Now, today, their economy is based on fishing, boating, camping, recreational activities, and tourism. Mm -hmm. And in 1996, the tribe completed the Pyramid Lake Museum and Cultural Center, located in Nixon, Nevada. Exhibits at the museum describe the history and culture of the northern Paiute and other insight into why the Paiute people hold the lake and its surrounding landscape so sacred. Other exhibits focus on the lake's natural history and the diverse and rare fish and wildlife that live there. You can find more information about the museum at PyramidLake.us/museum. Cool. So one day I'd like to visit that. Yeah, area. I was about to
2: say I would love to go check that out. So there is fly fishing out there. That's Where, like one of the big things they do is fly fish out fly there. Fly at Pyramid Lake. They have right? these huge cutthroat trout that live in this lake.
1: From the there, the lake has extremely cold water, so mm-hmm. trout love to live in this lake. Now, my favorite place to fly fish is the Tuolumne River near Pothole Dome in Yosemite. Yeah, we just just went there. I can stand there for hours, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not catch a single fish, and just enjoy nature. I mean, the wildlife is amazing, and just the calm serenity that brings you closer to the earth, it's amazing. Right, it's beautiful out there. So one day I would love to go to Pyramid Lake. However, I'm not going there at night, (laughs) and if I hear anything... If I hear anything crying
2: and creepy crawly and and stuff like that, you gotta you gotta look for it. You gotta be like, well, something's crying. I gotta go save this thing that's crying and see what's going on. Oh, you're gonna call me slap
1: chop because I'm gonna <laughs> slap it in the face and karate chop it in the neck because I'm not playing that game.
2: <laughs> so, Pyramid Lake is not only full of paranormal activity, but it is said to be a cursed lake. Which again, that sounds fun. <laughs> i want to go to a lake i would love to fish camp but if i see something spooky i mean i would love to see that that'd be so cool to experience
1: yeah so i want one of those like (laughs) zombie killing vans those big large vans so then we could all be in the van (laughs) the zombie proof vans yeah and then (laughs) if a creepy crawly baby weird baby comes to the van I'm jumping in, off-roading, running that sucker over, and not looking back. You guys could record or anything, and then guess what? The next day, I'm going to tell you you were liars, and (laughs) I did not see anything, and I left. You'll deny the whole thing. I will lie, deny, and try to forget. That's what I will do.
2: (laughs) Don't need that in my life. So it is about 40 miles from Reno, and the waters reach depths of nearly 350 feet. So this is a deep lake.
1: Three hundred and fifty feet—that's really deep. We usually go deep sea fishing, mm-hmm. and we're about
2: three hundred and fifty feet offshore, and that's the ocean. So this is a lake, and it's and it's reaches depths of that. From the shoreline, you can see clear into the water. Not not only do they go to the fish, but they go to take pictures and like just enjoy the scenery. And the depths of this lake are undiscovered, so no one really knows what lies beneath it. There's speculation of. Um, Like I said, paranormal activity and because of the depths and just like the crazy weather that happens there too, they don't really know what is underneath the lake. And this
1: is a large lake. It extends over 71 miles overall. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a huge lake. And what I like about this lake, if when we go fishing there, it's only 3,300 feet above sea level. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Going up to the high Sierras and being
2: 10,000 feet above sea level? Yeah, we went to... Uh, I can't breathe! When we went, Yeah, when we went up to Saddlebag Lake up there, it was 10,000 feet. I You're mean, sucking wind. Yeah, I mean, it feels great to not be breathing on the smog where we live, but it was still your high up there, and you can get winded really easy, so this would sound like a good time to go fishing at Pyramid Lake. So fishermen flocked to this lake for the giant Lahontan... Cutthroat trout every spring. There's pictures online, people post of, you know, they're always catching these giant trout out there, and it's like very common. So, yeah, again, that would be super cool to go out there and catch a giant trout at Pyramid Lake. I would
1: have to say the largest trout I ever caught two pounds. I wish two pounds. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't was even two not pounds? not even two pounds. Oh, meh, meh. So to catch one of these monsters at 10 pounds, 12 pounds, mm-hmm. it would be so much
2: fun. Yeah. But the strange thing is that every spring, there never fails to have somebody end up disappearing. It could be experienced fishermen that go out, you know, every summer or every spring that go fishing. Um, it could be people who have been out there the very first time. It just, it never fails that someone ends up disappearing, either drowning, or they just go out on a fishing trip and they're never seen again. And the locals believe that these poor souls were victims of the water babies. Now let's get into it. Let's do it.
1: So there's a local legend around the Pyramid Lake in Nevada about these creatures called the water babies. The legend goes that each spring, unlucky fishermen disappear while fishing in the shallows of the lake, and their bodies are never found. Many people blame the disappearances on the strong currents of the cold, icy water, but others claim it's the work of the angry water babies. It is said that the Paiute would throw their sick, deformed, premature babies into the lake. They saw these babies as a burden to the tribe's survival during the harsh winter months when food was scarce. So instead of sacrificing precious food and energy to these children, they were thrown into the water. The baby's angry spirits are attached to the lake and the nearby water, not allowing them to move on. Because of this, they take their vengeance on any unlucky soul that happens to be in or near the water of Pyramid Lake. Many people report the cries of babies near the lake in the middle of the night. You should not try to help them if you want to live. Smoke on the water! (laughs) Metal, baby! that baby comes out with the, with a with an axe and just starts <laughs> shredding it don't throw your babies in the water that's, that's where, a creepy that's what they messed up that's a
2: local legend this lake you have to have a permit to be at the lake mm-hmm. you have to have a permit to camp um I, i've seen yeah i've seen like strict rules like you i've seen people even say they got like tickets from the tribal police and stuff for like climbing on the pyramid-shaped rocks and like this is a reservation yeah, so you can't just go over there and mess around.
1: No, if you show up, the police, the local police, will ask you to leave. They'll ask you for a permit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a permit, they'll ask you to leave, and then they'll tell you where to get a permit. So you can't just show up willy-nilly, go out there, and and decide to find a water baby. Yeah. Or to go get one of these giant cutthroat. You have to have a permit. So when we go, we're going to get a permit, and then we're going to slap a water baby. Put some powder in the hand, slap that water baby. (laughs) You take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, so you guys can see that there are water babies. Yeah, so you can believe us. If you go around the local area of Nixon, Nevada, anything around there, and ask a local about water babies, this is a story they'll tell you. Now, let's listen to what the Paiute storyteller has to say about that. Okay. Ralph Burns. Now, I looked into this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He's one of the most amazing, badass dudes I've ever read about. Okay. This man is a storyteller and native language specialist. Now, Burns grew up on the Pyramid Lake Paiute Res in Nixon, Nevada, where he learned the Numu, Northern Paiute language, and traditional stories from his family and community members. Now, Burns served in the 1st Cavalry Division during the Vietnam War. Now, when Burns returned home from the war, he devoted his entire life to spearheading the native language and the revitalization of the culture among the northern Paiute. It's amazing. Burns is currently an instructor of Paiute in the College of Liberal Arts at the University of Nevada, Reno. So this guy came back from Vietnam and saw that the youngsters they had no idea what their culture was about. So he knew all the stories from his family, from elders and he created his entire curriculum at this university. Oh wow, just from just from scratch. From scratch. So there was zero curriculum. He's the one who writes everything. He will he will teach you from basics to speaking the language fluently. He is an amazing man and has fought for the rights of natives in this area. Wow.
2: Um, I mean, that's amazing that he came back, I mean, from Vietnam of all places, because Vietnam, a lot of people came back very messed up, not the same person as they left. Or they didn't come back at all. Yeah, or they didn't come back at all. So this man came back still full of, you know, the pride of his people with the focus of preserving all of this stuff. That's just awesome. Yeah, preserving the culture. Yeah. This is amazing. The story that he tells...
1: Is that a Paiute family was out on the lake one day making camp, fishing, swimming, and enjoying the day, when one of the older sons, who was now a young man, met a beautiful creature that was a woman with the tail of a fish in the lake. Hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm running. I'm <laughs> really. Well, first <laughs> I'm going to go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That lady, that girl's kind of hot yeah mermaid so no 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 i don't know the tail yet oh so she's swimming in the lake she's flipping around doing her thing Mm -hmm. so he probably saw her face and she's beautiful so he thought wow this beautiful woman and who knows he's in love he looks at her gorgeous but he sees love at first
2: sight a tail some guys can overlook that. They like, can be oh. like, she's got face, but her tail's a little, little flappy back there. But she's it, a ten. Work. But she got a tail. Yeah, she's a ten. <laughs> but she's a fish. She's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: this young man was in shock when he first saw her. However, considering how gorgeous this creature was, the young man he fell in love. After all, how could he not be in love with this creature who he considered to be a woman? She was breathtaking. Without a doubt, he was determined. That nothing would keep him from making this woman his wife. Wedding bells. So he's all in when yeah. he sees this. He's like, bro. So I got she, this fish. She's sexy. I mean. I like fish. Mama like fish. You like <laughs> fish. She's she's in. <laughs> yeah. He then jumped into the lake. Oh. Scooped up the beautiful woman and took her back to his tribe. When the young man arrived at the camp to introduce his new wife to be, the tribe was stunned by what he had brought them. A matter of fact, they were horrified and undoubtedly scared. The tribe would not allow the young man to marry this creature and insisted that the young man take it and cast it back into the lake. That's
2: not what you want to hear when you're. That's in- not what you
1: want to hear. No. I know when I brought the woman home that I was going <laughs> to marry for the first time, my mom looked at her. And said, "Get her out of here! Throw her in the lake! <laughs> throw her back in the <laughs> throw lake! Throw her back in the lake!" <laughs> and I said, "But Mama, she's so pretty. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't want
1: to." That did not happen. My mom was accepting. Well, that's what she said. Anyway, the young man did what the tribe had ordered, with fear of being banished himself. However, before he reached the lake, the scorned creature cursed the surrounding area, specifically the lake, and the rivers. After some time passed with no strange happenings, the Paiute forgot about the curse. Hmm. Then, one day a mother and her baby were washing in the lake, as usual, when a serpent-like creature slithered up to the baby and swallowed her whole. Ew. The serpent then took the form of the child in order to trick the mother. However, at this time, the mother was gathering up her things in order to head back to the camp and didn't notice what happened to her baby so as soon as the mother got back to her people the baby started to cry and the mother knew the baby was hungry as she started to feed the baby the baby latched its fangs into her and wouldn't release oh. and started to eat her flesh as she screamed cannibal baby so this is the wall this is the serpent mm-hmm. that overtook the baby and transformed so another shapeshifter okay. kind of like the wendigo yeah. that we talked about last week and the baby is eating the mother.
2: You don't want to get eaten by your child. I mean,
1: no, this mother is probably freaking the heck out. Yeah. Others tried to help her and get the baby, quote unquote, baby off, but it wouldn't budge. It just kept digging its teeth in deeper and eating. During the struggle, a woman yelled to a little girl and told her to get the medicine man. When the medicine man arrived, he told everyone to stop helping and to stay quiet. You see, He's in touch with the spirits. He's the spiritual leader of this community. And he would look at people and he could tell if they were good, bad, he could see your spirit. And he knew that this baby wasn't a baby. Okay. He yelled at the baby spirit release our sister. However, the spirit would not, he said again, release our sister. And again, the spirit did it move. The medicine man needed to change his tactics and fast to help save the woman. He said, spirit, let's make a deal. You must release our sister, restore her child back to life, and you may live forever in the lakes and the rivers. The spirit accepted the deal and fled into the water. However, the spirit kept the baby form and would cry from time to time in order to lure people to their death. Hmm. For this reason, the Paiute people would never go to the water alone in fear, the spirit would trick them into becoming its next victim.
2: Well, there goes your fishing season right there. I mean, yeah, I'm not doing that. You're not fishing anymore. No more duck. I mean, as long as you're in pairs.
1: So they would, oh, they would stick together. And in their story, you stick together, uh-huh. you're safe. What did we talk about last week? There's power and safety in yeah, numbers. Yeah, power and numbers. Okay. This seems to be a tale where they're telling you, don't go alone. Mm -hmm. Mothers that are nursing, make sure you're washing your babies together in groups. Stick together in groups if you're hunting waterfowl or you're fishing. And if you hear cries, stay away. (laughs) Don't fall for it. they will get you. I'll probably fall for it,
2: but I don't know.
1: (laughs) I'm not falling for it. We'll see. That's the original story from the Paiute
2: from Ralph Burns so that's why that's their story of why pyramid lake is cursed that's their story yes okay so
1: on the first story it was a local legend and we all know there's local legends around everyone there's Mm -hmm. the crybaby bridge where if you park your car on the bridge and you put it in neutral and then babies will push your car across the the bridge
2: what you've never heard of that no <laughs> oh
1: look up Cry Baby bridge there's a ton of stories a lot of people my are like, car pushed by a baby well, off they a go, bridge? oh well a bus full of children went off the bridge years ago so if you put baby powder or some kind of flower or something there'll be handprints all over the cars that's a big that's a big thing huh so we know how okay. legends kind of get started right. and then take place so now we're going to get into a little bit of encounters
2: yes more with of the Water babies. More into the real world, back to reality. Okay, so wait, before I get into those, I have a couple of stories. I want to mention this other thing about Pyramid Lake. So, we, like we said, a lot of disappearances happen at Pyramid Lake, but a lot of bodies resurface in Lake Tahoe, which is over 61 miles away. And Lake Tahoe feeds into uh, Trucker River, which feeds into Pyramid Lake. So, there's rumors that there's underground tunnels that connect the two lakes, and the bodies are drawn into the tunnels. There's no proof of this. So, I mean, it's just a rumor, but it still sounds pretty cool, I guess, to say that this could be an explanation. That's
1: kind of weird, considering there's actual evidence of missing bodies in Pyramid Lake Mm -hmm. that end up in
2: Lake Tahoe. It's like, how else do you explain that? There has to be some kind of connection to it.
1: Aliens.
2: Aliens. The flying spaghetti monster.
1: I, The flying spaghetti monster.
2: <laughs> the Pastafarians. There you go. All right, so let's get into the first story. So this first story that I have is of an encounter. It is from an anonymous person. So here we go. This person's dad was about 18, 19 years old, he claims that him along with a bunch of friends went out to camp at Pyramid Lake. They had a couple of tents and trailers and planned to be out there for a couple of days, so probably the weekend. You know, typical teenage stuff, weekend trip at the lake with your buddies, drinking, hanging out. What could go wrong, right? One night, one of his friends that was drunk swore he heard a crying kid out in the lake. Naturally, he reacted like a decent person would, and he went in to find and save the child. Everyone back on the shore was yelling at him to come back, but he didn't listen. He was only focused on saving the child from drowning. Eventually, he swam so far out that no one could see him. He swam past the light source and just disappeared into the dark. He never came back.
1: Yeah, um, I've been out (laughs) with a bunch of buddies. I was in the Air Force and we did a bunch of
2: stupid stuff. Your buddy never went out and swam in a lake and didn't listen to you and just never. We we did uh, cliff diving. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think it was Arkansas
1: in a dry county. So we went and grabbed like a bunch of 12 packs, 24 packs. You're incriminating yourself. And uh, hey, uh, statute of limitations. (laughs) This was uh, a long time ago. Okay. This was uh, 18 years ago. So shut up. (laughs) I'm old. Um, (laughs) So we would grab, we grabbed a bunch of booze. And then we went to this dry county where we would cliff dive. And I believe it was in Arkansas Hmm. near uh, Little Rock. And we would jump and swim and do all that stuff. Now, if I had a buddy who was drunk and was like, I hear, I hear some cries. Yeah. Cause I was 20, maybe 19, 20 years old. So I was around the same age this guy was. Okay. I'm punching him in the throat.
2: You're not just going to let him.
1: I'm not going to say, Oh man, there he he goes. Harold's gone. No, we're not doing that game. I am tackling him and all my buddies are punching him in the throat going, he got the crazies. Maybe he got the Wendigo crazies. I don't know. <laughs> These don't seem to be good friends. They're we're not doing like, that. They just hey, let him. come back. Or they were completely <laughs> hammered. That could be it, too. They, they were probably
3: They're chocolate probably. Wasted. Like Hey, look at him out there, <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. Bet you can't
2: catch that baby. <laughs> so this person goes on to say that their dad thinks that the guy kept hearing the kid and every time he thought he was getting close, the sound was getting further away. And until, like, so by the time he thought he got close to it, it was too late. It was just way too far out there. And they never seen him again. That's terrifying. To have your friend swim out in a, in a pitch black lake, just, I gotta save this kid. Like, no, oh, come back. And they just don't come back. And you never see him again. So that, So they tried to, you know legitimized what happened they said he must have just ran out of energy and by the like he just swam so far that he just drowned so i guess they were trying to make themselves feel better about th- about it that way and they didn't have a so they and they didn't have a boat or anything that they could use to go after him oh so they were camping on shore
1: right and his his buddy jumped in from the beachfront mm-hmm.
2: and just and just took off head out And nobody wanted to go in after him. No, that water's freezing. Yeah. So they just waited until morning so they could tell the rangers. And that they left it at that. So fast forward to around 2015. This person and their dad go fishing at the same lake. And this was a surprise to this person. Because their dad was very hesitant to go back. Especially after experiencing what he experienced. You know, his friend disappearing. So this person was like... Very surprised that their dad wanted to go back to this lake or even agree to it to go to go on this fishing trip so they get to the lake around five o'clock in the morning and they start to fish for about an hour they weren't having any luck and out of nowhere they start to hear what sounds like moans coming from the lake they looked around and couldn't see anything that would be making these noises and they that this person looked at their dad and their dad just Simply looked back at them, nodded his head, and kept fishing. And the moan sounded like,
3: "Hey, come on! I'm a little water baby. <laughs> hey, get over here! Hey, hey, shut up, shut up! Hey, 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 shut up! They're gonna hear you. No, I'm a little water baby.
2: Yeah, come I'm over pretty here! Pretty sure that's what they said.
3: Hey, come like. on, come on, stupid! You're not catching me fish. Come over here, save me! I'm a water baby.
2: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so they never found out what happened to the guy who swam out and saved to, to quote unquote save the child. And they never found out what was making those noises. That's kind of creepy, man, because, like, the stories we hear from this lake, it's like, if you go missing, you're gone. Yeah, they don't seem to be, I mean, they'll find you sometimes, but if they do find you, you're dead. Sometimes
1: they will find you. a lot. It seems like 90% of the time, they're not finding you. Mm-hmm. That's where it's kind of weird. So, where are the bodies? Because like from, you said,
2: I mean those some of those water babies were eating them. Well, maybe it is the water babies because from what I know. Oh I'm hungry. here. I need to leave some prosciutto on my. Um,
1: oh, my... <laughs> <what's>... hey,
3: <laughs> come on, Ma, where's the gravy? Huh? Come on. You
1: know, I mean, because here in we, we in, live in we live you know like we said before Central Valley, California. Yeah. And
2: um, I was gonna bring up Kern County, the Kern River. The exa- that's exactly what I was gonna say. The killer Kern bum bum boom. The Kern River. I mean people every year. Every year, some I don't some ding dong just over there is like jumps in when there's signs that say you will die if you go in the Kern River. And they die. And they go in there and they die. So it's like, yeah, so in Pyramid Lake, I mean And also uh Buena
1: Vista Lake the recreational park around here they find bodies in that place all the time really i didn't know about that oh yeah they they drug out a body maybe like three weeks ago wow they pull out bodies so unexplained are they dumping bodies there or is someone just being dumb and the water babies i
2: mean they got some good guys they're just
1: throwing (laughs) out the trash bodies float Mm -hmm. where are these bodies you think they would wash on shore
2: yeah so yeah so the body goes missing and they don't find you the other explanation could be the water baby ate them, the gobbled them baby. up. Delicious? <laughs> Delicious? So I have another story. Another from an anonymous person. They say they went to Pyramid Lake with their mom for a birthday trip. They were the only ones on the beach. quote unquote. So when they say beach, they probably mean like the shoreline. So they were the only ones on the beach besides their dog, who was a Pomeranian. So it was them three. And she says This person says the night sky was filled with stars, it was quiet, no noise from other people, it was just them on the lake. I mean, it sounds like the best time. They had a station wagon that was big enough for them to sleep in, so they weren't in tents or anything like that. Um, The trunk door of the car was rigged, so it would stay open six inches, so they would have airflow during the night when they slept, so they didn't suffocate and die or like it's super hot i can't sleep when it's hot so i would probably do the same oh no my ac went out the
1: other day <laughs> when we were asleep and i got three hours of sleep because i wake about four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and i was tossing and turning all night you gotta have that airflow yeah, it's not and it fun. seems like pyramid lake um when these people go the air, it's a cool climate. yeah it is
2: like a cool climate so you would want it super cool so it was no big deal they had done this plenty of times also this person claims that they have experienced strange things at this lake previous times before things like hearing moans, children's cries and dark humanoid shadows passing over covered windows. Why are you going
0: back? <laughs>
2: I would. I am n- you're
0: crazy.
1: I am not doing that.
2: You I mean you got to do it. You got to The no. trout are so big okay well so, they weren't fishing so i don't know what their reason i'm was. not
1: going there uh <laughs> camping i will catch a trout and i will leave if i show up and there's a humanoid figure there <laughs> i'm i got a baseball bat i'm tearing you up yeah and if you're joking with me um sammy sosa your head
2: is gone sammy sosa but they were not prepared for what was about to happen this night around two to three or three o'clock in the morning They wake up and look around, still laying down, trying not to move or really make any noise. This person feels their mom gripping their arm tight. They can't hear a thing, not even the waters from outside. It was dead silent. Except they heard,
3: hey, come on, I'm a water baby, come on, (laughs) little water baby, get over
2: here, lady.
3: Get over here with your mom, come on, we got some gravy, huh? (laughs)
2: I wouldn't be intimidated by this water, baby.
1: Really,
3: I would be be
2: their buddy.
1: Wait a minute, what? uh, This is Native American. Why is he? Why is he from Brooklyn? Why is he talking like this? I don't get it.
0: It's freaking me the heck out.
2: (laughs) It was dead silent for what felt like an hour. They laid in dread, anxiety at its highest. They knew something was very wrong. Suddenly, their dog growls very threateningly as a piercing screech of wind hits their ears so once you i mean once you your dog growls at something that's kind of like get out of dodge your dog knows something for some reason dogs know it's so
1: crazy because i have this uh little labradoodle little little doodle butt and (laughs) she's about 40 pounds and so she's a on the smaller end well i guess mid-sized dog yeah and she doesn't make a sound.
2: She doesn't. I've noticed that.
1: She doesn't growl. She, she doesn't, doesn't bark. Growl. No, she doesn't do any of that. She just chills. Now, when you get, when, if you ask her if she wants to eat, mm-hmm. she'll start making noises. It's kind of like she's talking to you, like "Yes, I'm ready. I'm hungry." Yeah, and she'll make some noises. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if my little Missy May starts growling, I'm
2: losing my mind because like, she—what she is she knows going on? Something's going on if she's growling. Yeah. So suddenly. They hear rushing footsteps from the side of the vehicle, and the trunk door slams. Slams so much that their car shakes for about a minute. If your car—I mean, you felt it's a car door slam—your car doesn't shake for a minute. Did they cover up their windows at all, or like? Um... Uh, they don't say. Oh, I don't they think don't... they did. Oh, so
1: so all they did was just have it like their back. Oh, uh, If I'm camping, I'm covering it... my windows with towels because oh, yeah? I get freaked out at night. <laughs> So, you don't want to wake up to
0: Big Face looking at you? Oh, oh.
2: (laughs) hey, I'm Big Face. So, they tried to keep their focus. They seen a shadow running off toward the sound in the distance, and the silence was back. They both fell into an uneasy sleep after that and woke up when the sun came up. I know I'm not sleeping after that. I don't know how you can just be like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to go back to sleep. You remember being a kid and you hear a little.
1: Maybe in the middle of the night, and what do you do? You I, sit yeah, there you with the cover your covers yourself. over your head, and you're you're scared to death, and every minute feels like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up, and it's the morning. You know, it's not real. It's not real. There's no place like home. <laughs> There's no place like yeah, home. You click your heels. And then the water baby oh, comes God, out. Back. Hey, get, get him back
3: out of the here. The water baby.
2: I'm walking here. So they when they woke up, they checked the surrounding area. Where they slept, and there were no footprints. The only footprints that were there were their own, the ones leading to their campfire and to their car. So there wasn't any sign that anybody else had been there. No disturbance of, you know, animals or anything like that. And they don't know what it was that slammed their door. But considering it's Pyramid Lake, my money would be on the water babies. Or maybe. The Windigo. Whoa, maybe throwback
1: to episode one. Maybe. What were we talking about? Old burnt stick. She oh, went outside yeah. of, her te- of her of her her lodge, mm-hmm. and there were no footsteps around. Maybe all these spiritual creatures are connected.
2: Yeah, and this person luckily didn't go out there to investigate while it was happening. They waited till morning. Yeah, to- they weren't like you. Stupid, found a feather the other day <laughs> and picked it up, and I said, "The Windigo, don't pick up the feather." A crow dropped a feather for me in the middle of the day and i picked it up and the wendigo killed him and it's in my kitchen and it's beautiful it's big it's black i fan myself with it it's nice (laughs) this story it reminds me of
1: a paranormal encounter Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. always hear around alien stories missing time or time felt like it was standing still right it was like this complete was, silence it was complete silence now this place is known for high winds yeah very high winds so i can understand a howl um a little like the the water is rolling onto the shore and it's crashing and it's mm-hmm. very soothing we need to go there i'll camp there now now that i said oh, that now, i'm gonna count there now because, he wants to camp there oh, look now, at him oh man
2: it, it's a very soothing sound i don't know if i'll camp near shore i don't i don't know how their campgrounds Look, I don't know if it's like near the water.
1: Okay, so now all of a sudden I said I'm camping there, and you're going well. <laughs> now you're the asshole. You're all let's go. I flipped You see that I flipped it. asshole over here. So you can just look up into the beautiful sky and right. see the wonderful stars. And, I mean,
2: I imagine, like you know, we maybe
1: in, maybe um, take like three grams of mushrooms and go on a spiritual journey. See that, and then you'll be see
2: the water, baby. We would be, we'd be seeing something. We would see something. I don't know. So this last story I have was is very interesting. I mean, it's it's sad that it happened, but considering the fact that these were experienced fishermen, you would think this this couldn't happen to these people. So let's get into it. In twenty fourteen, the family of Fred Turner informed the local law enforcement that he, along with his two sons, had not returned home on Monday from their fishing trip so they took a weekend fishing trip they were supposed to come back monday they didn't nobody heard from them their family was like these guys go out on the lake all the time they should be back we don't know what's going on so we need to get the police involved these men went fishing in a small cab boat that was about 12 to 14 feet long so for three guys 12 to 14 feet isn't like that's a good size boat. That's like a comfortable size. For three size. guys, yeah, yeah that's three pretty guys. good. When they didn't return from their fishing trip on Monday, uh family was concerned and they had a a long search and rescue which included the tribal police. They had helicopters and they even had around two dozen people which included concerned locals looking for them. And from what I've read, I believe it took them about a day to find the boat which was almost completely sunk. The helicopter was flying over the water and they seen the boat and like the motor sticking out of the water the only body that was recovered was freds locals say when they saw these three men leave for for their trip they weren't wearing any life jackets and they didn't think that they were well prepared to be out on the water okay these guys go out there all the time but considering the lake's history you need to be careful and it didn't seem like they were really ready to go I have to wear two life vests buttoned <laughs> together,
1: and then I'm gonna wear them on my legs too, so my big self <laughs> will float. Legs. Because I, one life vest, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. my 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 all my long hair is gonna be floating in the water, and you say, "What is that? A patch of uh, spiders floating in the?" W-? No, it's his hair. Yeah, it's his hair. I'm not. I'm not wearing a life vest. I've never worn a life vest on a boat.
2: Yeah, we didn't wear life vests when we went deep sea fishing. I mean, no, was really I've been no deep point. sea fishing. I would have to say. Over a hundred times. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird that locals would be like, they weren't wearing life vests because if you're a fisherman, you don't really, I mean, if you're experienced. and Looking into the history of this lake, it
1: seems like a lot of these boats get flipped because of the winds. Yeah. If it was a windy day Mm -hmm. and these people went out without a boat and people saw them and they were thinking, Hey, the flags are up. They shouldn't be out on the lake anyway. You
2: should at least be safe and wear a darn vest. So, one man named Freddy Famous, awesome name, he told reporters that this lake isn't for the inexperienced. Hashtag band name, Freddy Asked Famous. Like, Freddie Famous. Opening
3: at the Greek Theater, <laughs> Freddy Famous. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so, he told reporters that this lake isn't for the inexperienced. He said the weather can change drastically. You need to use your head. If you aren't careful, this lake will cost you your life. Use common sense. Like you said, if it's if it's clearly a windy, crazy day out there, don't go out there without a life jacket. Don't go out there willy-nilly like, we'll just go out there for a few hours. I mean, because the weather can just change within a few minutes and then you're dead. A helicopter seen part of the boat and the motor flipped over in the water. And they also sent divers down to search around where the boat was. But they couldn't find anything. Police made the decision to call off the search for the other two men around 2.30 p.m. because of the bad weather. And they also took into consideration the size of the lake. They didn't take long to kind of give up. I won't say give up because it kind of makes it sound look bad. But they were just like, we're not going to find these other two guys. The history
1: of the lake shows that they're wasting resources.
2: Yeah, the, the lake is way too big. I mean, we could search out here for a month and probably not even find anything. So they had to call it cuts. And also, the, these, these other two men were in... Um, one was 54 years old, the other was 62. So I guess like they kind of considered, if, if they were out there for that long, considering their age and the weather, the cold water, they probably weren't even at any point to rescue them. There were, they weren't going to rescue. Fred was in his late seventies, I believe he was seventy-eight years old. So I mean, he did live live a full life. And his two sons, Frank Turner, fifty-four years old, and his other son, Bill Turner, sixty-two years old. They were never found. No one really knows what happened on that fishing trip. They don't know if it was bad weather. They don't know if they were just ill prepared and could have been the lack of preparations maybe it was the water babies hey
3: come on get over here i'm over here in the water man come on <laughs> let me get, get in the water it's a nice water it's a nice day yeah. come on get in the water i mean that we're, we're also gonna do it huh
2: <laughs> knowing his way around a boat knowing his way around water their boat was flipped it just now, it devil's just advocate
1: so weird when you are a very experienced fisherman experienced person in anything there is a sense of complacency i suppose and you know what you're doing i'm close to 40 and you're you're not going to tell me what to do kind of like i i would i would yeah i'm gonna dig my heels in and i'm gonna tell you you're wrong because guess what i don't like you and i don't care so (laughs) i can understand a 78 year old man just saying no we've done it this way forever Mm -hmm. i know the weather i know the winds i suppose I've, i've fished here for years we are good to go.
2: Yeah, it could have been, I mean, the worst day to go out. But if they wanted to, there was probably no stopping them. It could be something like that. Or, or it could have been the water babies. The water baby.
3: Yeah. Put me on a t-shirt. I'm Yay. a water baby. You want to wear me? I'm a water baby. Come <laughs>
1: on. So those were my stories. A lot of times when you talk about this in public, people just crap all over you. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, come on, that didn't happen." Oh, oh. nothing happened. They dismiss you completely, and you must—you were really tired, and because yeah. you were really tired, and you didn't hear anything because you—you w- you just woke up. So they right. dismiss you.
2: I would shut that down quick. I'd be like, "You didn't hear little Vinny coming out?" Like, "Oh, hey, come on, man, I'm the water baby." The What's water cool? baby came out. Hey, I saw him. He's like, hey, "I'm a water baby." Come on, come on, come
3: on. Let me, they me constantly
2: go. say their name. He's
3: like, "I'm a water baby." Come on, let me let me go get your feet. Let me get your feet. Come on, I like the feet.
1: He, they got a foot fetish thing it's weird because yeah. you swim and they
3: just let me grab the feet let me sink it down with the feet
1: ew i don't like the it. other one was the son and the dad clearly had some kind of ptsd thing going on right he didn't want to go back to the lake they probably go fishing all the time because mm-hmm. this guy obviously he's been fishing at least since he was 18 19 years old yeah his son has probably heard the stories of the the big trout out at pyramid lake and so he wants to have that experience with his dad i know i love fishing growing up fishing with my dad and my brothers and today my brothers and i still go out fishing and mm-hmm. i try to get my dad fishing but you know he's old and he's like my knees and <laughs> my he's knees. A, oh man you know you don't understand maybe he's just scared oh. of the water babies you don't know well he is native so you know what dad are you scared of the water babies you i think you may be scared of the
2: water babies we just well, i mean we don't have to go to pyramid lake we've never talked to him about water babies so that was another thing i was going to bring up that a lot of people that experience these things at pyramid lake um there's been a, a people like talked about where they've never even heard these stories they don't, they've never heard of a water baby they've never heard of the piute or anything like that and they've saying they've heard stuff they've heard crying babies they've heard noises and they can't explain it one thing is like okay if you hear about it maybe subconsciously you're like you're probably going to be like if we when like, when oh, maybe
1: that was it when we go to but, pyramid lake mm-hmm. If I'm pretty I, sure we'll see one or hear if one. If I wake up at, so I wake up at, like I said, four o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday to go to work. Yeah. So my body is ready to wake up. You're programmed to wake up. So week. if I wake up, and then the best fishing is around four thirty, mm-hmm. five o'clock. It's cool. It's quiet. You get that. You get that fire going. Mm-hmm. Put your put your coffee over that good campfire coffee. Your strong. black mud. Oh, coffee. black just coffee. Pours Don't out. put. Oh my gosh. So slow. Oh, I love black coffee. So you just have your black coffee going. You have that little sip. You're looking in nature. You're enjoying the creator's just splendor, what he's given you. Mm-hmm. You're breathing in that fresh air. If I hear a damn water baby. Come on, let's go get fishing. Hey, come on, know? guys. Get
3: your pole in here. Come on. we're nope. we, Hey, 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 hey. Your wife's over there. <laughs> slap your wife. Now you're telling me to be a wife abuser? Yeah, What's no. wrong? Come on, slap your wife slap your wife what are you hey watch i'm gonna slap my wife hey hey there's more of you what are you guys doing <laughs> god yeah i'm gonna uh i'm probably
1: gonna freak back out
2: mm-hmm. but i'll give yeah. it a shot i do think it's interesting though how people have never heard the story experience stuff out there at pyramid lake it's something to consider yes. i will say that so through the years many people have reported hearing the cries and the laughter of children around lakes and rivers especially pyramid Lake. Some people have said if you hear the cries of the water baby, it is an omen of something ominous yet to come. The water babies are also blamed for the disappearances of fishermen throughout the years. On the prowl for their next victim to drag into the murky depths to drown and devour you. And maybe the last thing they hear before leaving this world is the cry of an innocent child
3: hold on let me let me ash my cigar i'm a water
2: baby we'll post pictures of the water baby on instagram so you guys can see it is creepy what they supposedly look like i've seen some pictures where they make me not want to see them and then i've seen some pictures where i do want to see them
1: yeah i would rather see the picture of the hot mermaid lady that is just like smoking i'm pretty sure she was so hot with the seaweed hair she got that new twist. She mm-hmm. got that glow up, as the girls say today the glow up. See, it's all that. She got uh, that
2: contouring. So, yeah, guys, that was our episode of
1: The Water Babies. The Water Babies. It was a pretty good episode. I i really enjoyed learning about the Paiute. Kind of eye opening to see how everything changes with cultures when they were a very nomadic tribe and they had to settle in um, and be a very sedentary lifestyle because of the the foreigners that came in and started taking over native land.
2: Right, but they were resilient. They adapted to what, you know, situation was was laid upon them and I think that's that says a lot. Says how strong the people are. Yeah. Like you said there's there's a lot of information about the Paiute. Their language is still thriving. Their stories are still are still thriving and, and that and that's a lot
1: to say about a group of people because the um I believe the last Chumash elder died a few years ago and the language is now taught
2: by uh, an anthropologist that is not native. Like said, like it's hard to find stories or like songs or even the language of the Chumash people now because a lot of it has been forgotten or like hard to teach because to the a next lot of people a lot of things have been
1: oral traditions tribes did not have their own written language. Mm-hmm. The Cree is especially different because they did create their own language this is very special for these people the Paiute, to have this uh this man ralph burns again i tell you this look him up if you're in the nevada area and you ralph burns. ralph burns and if you think that you would like to learn more you could go to the museum in nixon nevada and you could also take this guy's class i would love to do something like that if i lived in the area it'd be amazing it's I think that this stuff needs to be remembered, and it needs to be shared, and we want these cultures to thrive.
2: Yeah, again, that's that's why we're going to be attending the powwow coming up in a few weeks here in our local area, held by the Tahon tribe. Just so we can learn more, just so we can experience, you know, the dancing, the culture, just to be a part of it, just to keep everything alive. Because if no one shows up, I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna keep doing it. So. We know. need to go and give our support. And we're going to take our
1: children with us and make sure that they yeah. understand the significance of what they're doing, what the dances are. And um, I don't know if there's going to be storytelling. Um, that would be cool if there was. But if there was, it'd I'm be, not sure. It would be very interesting. And don't worry, guys. We're going to take pictures. We're <laughs> going to post them on Instagram. Hopefully, maybe we can even talk to some of the people there mm-hmm. and get them involved in this podcast as well. We can, yeah. we can interview them. If they don't want to be interviewed, maybe they have resources for us. Talk to elders and have their own stories to tell us.
2: Yeah, and we're going to be um, at that powwow. We're going to be handing out the stickers that we mentioned previously. The stickers. H- handing out the stickers, trying to not only to promote the podcast, but, you know, it's not just for us, but just these stories need to be remembered. I know we joke about them and stuff like that, but we're trying to do it just to keep the culture alive.
1: We also, in the future, want to start a Patreon account, mm-hmm. not only to help with this podcast, spending a lot of money on this podcast, and it, it'd be nice to have us at least have a little upgraded equipment, sound mm-hmm. quality better, all that stuff like that.
2: So it could sound better for you guys.
1: Right. So yeah. we could have a better sound quality for you. You know, we're providing entertainment. Mm-hmm. But we would also like to, one day, give back to the community. Yeah, that would be awesome. My plan in the future for this podcast is to have enough money where we can donate to native charities, and even the holidays um, are coming around. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we're up and running by then with the Patreon, we can give
2: a certain percentage back to them. Yeah, we definitely want to help out native people, especially during the holiday time. I know it's hard during you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, and stuff like that. So if we had it, so when, once we get our Patreon going. It's not just going to go to us, but it's going to go to... The community. Yeah, the community. Back to the community. So that's what we're all about.
1: And that's amazing, too, because we're also going to have awesome levels. We're going to have stickers. We're going to get new merch. merch? We're going to do discount codes for merch. Right now, we're looking at a vendor to make t-shirts, mm-hmm. hats backpacks, all the stuff that you want, maybe even like headbands or something like that. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. So you could represent us, you could represent yourself. And again, if, if you have any stories that you want to send us or comments, concerns, criticism, send it to info at Mm bhillnetwork.com. And you could also
2: shoot us a DM on Instagram. And that is at indigenous underscore tail. Remember, The first 100 people to like, subscribe, follow, give us a a five-star rating on iTunes. And leave a comment. Leave a comment, uh, screenshot it, email us, send it to us with your address, and then we'll send you a sticker. And if
1: you can prove that you had other people that like, subscribe, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. we will send you multiple stickers. Yeah. We're not holding back on the stickers, folks. And no. these are also these are three by three vinyl weatherproof stickers. So you can slap them on a water bottle, like Gabe said. Mm-hmm. You can slap them on your car top carrier, like I do. You can slap them on a flip-flop. Slap them on a flip-flop. <laughs> put them on your laptop. This is an awesome journey we're going through. And we can't wait to make this show the best show for you. So now, an update from the last episode. Yes. So, so the last episode, we talked about the Cree people and the Wendigo. Now, in the beginning of the episode, we did say that we had a story to tell you guys about right. maybe a windigo encounter that mm-hmm. we had. We possibly saw one, but we forgot. <laughs> Just put it in the episode. <laughs> we, for- <laughs> we missed that. It was our
3: first episode. Yeah, come on, come on. Hey, I'm the water. I'm the water, water baby. Put the, put that thing in the
1: story, huh? Yeah. So <laughs>
0: that's gonna be we... my new
2: favorite character. Yeah. I know,
0: but Japers thinks oh. that get jeepers if you don't get we out of here like to have the wendigo story because <laughs> <Jeepers>. i'm jeepers
2: is <laughs> jeepers gonna be like beetlejuice where you have to say their name to just show up or
0: okay re- bye i'm jeepers
2: <laughs> all right get out of your jeepers man that's weird that guy just you just
1: say his name and he pops up like yeah. a freaking idiot don't say his name okay anyway so the the last episode we were talking about that our wendigo story possibly wendigo sighting possible this is about two thousand nine. 2010 yeah and gabe and i were going out for a fishing trip fishing trip we were in my pickup truck and we were driving through kern county we had to go through Hart park to go through to lake ming where we were gonna fish Mm -hmm. and this is about five o'clock in the morning
2: yeah it was pretty early
1: it was pretty early it was really dark and Hart park is known for their wild cats and peacocks and if you don't know the sound of a peacock They kind of what meow? They sound weird. They don't sound like you would think
2: it like a bird would make a sound. It's a
1: very weird sound.
2: Yeah.
1: We're driving through and in the it's a two lane road and the speed limit is around I think it's fifteen miles an hour. So we're creeping around and I don't want to run over a cat or a peacock or a wild animal. Mm, Yeah. So we're we're slowing down. We have our brights on and we get past the second road and we stop because there's this creature. (laughs) <laughs> standing in the middle of the road and just staring directly at her headlights. It looked so weird. I would have to say
2: it was maybe six foot long. Maybe. It was pretty large. It was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was like this little dainty looking
1: thing. No, it was, it was a quadruped. It was like a dog, but not a dog. It was a quadruped.
2: A quadruped. It was a four legged beast. <laughs> oh god. We're getting technical here, folks. A so quadruped <laughs> from the yeah. Greek word kimono. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it was on all four. It I would say it was about four feet tall. It was it was tall. It was pretty big. And about six feet long. Yeah. And it was just staring at us. So I stopped in the middle of the road and it made eye contact with us and mm-hmm. it looked Kind of like it was a, a a wolf with mange.
2: Yeah, it looked like a wolf, but it didn't have, like, the, like, wolves are more, like, they look kind of buff. I don't know. This just looked, yeah, like you said, a wolf with mange. The it, hair was very, like, falling out, kind of bald. It was kind of, right, it was kind of balding. It kind of looked like a modern-day werewolf, where
1: they're very bulky on top mm-hmm. and very thin on the bottom. Yeah. Now, we
2: stopped and i looked at gabe and said what the hell is that and this was i mean we didn't i think you had an iphone the first iphone well the first iphone came out in 2007 this is 2009 so it's only a couple years before like when smartphones are really a thing yeah i don't think i had i think i had like a i didn't have an iphone no i I don't think you had a phone right social media wasn't really a thing myspace maybe it was MySpace. Facebook was kind of, you know. So there wasn't like, oh, let's record this. Let's take a picture. So our reaction wasn't like, put this on social media. No, uh, our reaction was, what the hell is this? We're trying <laughs> our, to go fish, and reaction. this
1: monster is looking right at us. Yeah, it was So scary. I said, what do I do? And he goes, just hit it. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but so maybe I did. I said, what if we hit it, and it jumps over the truck and lands in the truck bed? And then all of a sudden, we're driving to the lake to go fishing, and this creature is just slashing at the back of my cab. Yeah. I'm not doing that. So we did a very long, extended turn into the grass, out, off roading, four wheel drive around the creature. I think I remember it like
2: l- looking at us the whole time. It stared at us the entire time. It wasn't like a deer in the headlights where they just no. look straight. And they just it looked like it was the distance, like it was looking directly at us. It looked like it was aware of what the hell was going on. (laughs) It was like, hit me, I dare you.
1: We get back on the road, and I'm looking in the rear view, and Gabe's looking in the mirror, and I'm like, Is it still there? Is it still there? Is it there? (laughs) And all of a sudden he goes, It just looked at us and ran. And it just bolted. And I just gunned it 60, 70, 80 miles an hour (laughs) through the damn freaking thing. Hit the Got to the lake. Got to the lake. And we got all our fishing stuff out. We're looking around as mm-hmm. all creeped. as all get out. Just thinking, okay, what was that? What was that? What was that? You know? And then we had a good fishing trip that day. I mean, <laughs> caught a couple of bass, largemouth. They're a pretty mm-hmm. good size. So it ended up pretty good.
2: However, I don't know what that was. I don't either. The hounds of Baskerville.
1: <laughs> no, but we don't know what it was. It was really creepy. It was a creepy encounter. And I forgot about it until yeah, Gabe said something but about it. now that it. we said something. Uh,
2: went over the windigo. I mean I don't think it was possibly? a winnigo.
1: Possibly I think it was. <laughs> a water, it. Baby. water baby. The water baby. Hey, I'm a water
3: baby. <laughs> you go to the lake. I'm a dog. I'm a dog. Look me. I'm a dog.
1: <laughs> I don't know, they're shapeshifters. Who knows? Maybe. No, the Wendigo are shapeshifter. all the water babies are too, but I don't know. They all shapeshift. Who knows what it is. So <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys, and thanks for listening. You will be remembered by the tracks you leave. And remain close
2: to the great spirit.
0: If you're not spiritually connected to the earth and understand the spiritual reality of how to live on earth, it's likely you will not be.